And the title of this is, You Are Not a Victim. So that's the point that I want to get across because us as women, you know, every day in our marriage, we're like, well, here we go again. I'm just the rag mop. It's always me. I do all the work. It just, we put ourselves into this state of being a victim. So I'm going to give the definition of a victim, which you all know because you've all been a victim. It's one that is injured, destroyed, or sacrificed under any of various conditions. So we've all felt that at some time in our marriage. Um, years ago, there was a woman when we started school that I worked with, and I absolutely adored this woman. She was just such a big help in getting the school together. And one day she came to me and she was just devastated. And she said uh, she had found out that her husband was having an affair. And what made it even worse, he was having an affair with a relative. So that meant every time there was a family party, she'd be there every time... Um, you know, they did any kind of anything together as a family, she would see her, plus the hurt of everything. And she um, went and she said, I can't, uh oh, that door's open. She said, um, Every, everything that goes on, I think about that. So she went home, got every picture that she had of him. And she just ripped it up. She ripped it in pieces. And she came back and she told me I, what she had done. And I asked her, I said, why did you do that? She said, because the marriage was phony. It wasn't a marriage. I didn't have a marriage. And <laughs> this is funny to me. It's kind of personal. I did the same thing in every picture of me as a teenager. I ripped every, I went in my mom's room and I ripped them all up because I hated the way I looked because I was so skinny. I was about this fat. I should have that problem now. But I'd walk to school and I felt like I looked like this bird. And so I went and ripped them all up. So while I was scolding her, I was thinking I did the same thing. But, you know, through the years, I've had to minister to a lot of women that that has happened to them. But one woman said something to me that when she was praying and she told God, you know, basically my marriage was a farce, you know, because she was the only one working at it. God told her, oh, no, your marriage was real. You had children out of this. And and precious memories. His was a fake, but not yours. And you know, when she gets to heaven, she's going to get credit for all that she did. And she'll probably get credit for his portion too. So God promises us that if we get out of the way, he will make us look good. Do you know that? Every time 
you're upset with your husband, anybody, but we're going to talk about husbands today. If you get out of the way and say, I'm not saying a thing, I'm not going to do anything, I'm just going to go right through this thing, you get credit for it. Um, there used to be, I don't think we have them anymore, they called them daily breads, and it was a, a little loaf. And every day you were supposed to go in and pull out um, a promise. And that's 365 days of promises. And that's what God does. He promises us things. When you get to heaven, you will see that you're not who you thought you were and that God is everything and more. Here on earth, we think we're nobody, and so we try to make ourselves a somebody. Uh, me, it was my career, and then when I got saved, God took that away. He took away the clothes. He took away the money. He took away the dancing, the drinking, all the things that made me think we're cute in life. And he said, okay, now what do you think of yourself? And I was like, ugh. And God said, I will rebuild you. So no matter what you think of yourself, we're going to have a revelation that God is everything in your life and more. He's more than what we need. You will look into Jesus' eyes and say, it was worth it. That everything that you've done for your husband, everything that you've done for your kids, every negative thing that's come your way, every hurt, every disaster. When you get there, you're going to go, wow, this was truly worth it. Every pain and disappointment. But I had nothing. But you'll be able to say, but I had my prayer life and God's word. And that's what pulled me through. And it will. The other thing you can tell yourself today is everything that you've been through in your marriage, you didn't die, you're here, and you're alive. When you stare at the devil in his face and spit in his eye, that's when life can be rewarding. If you're not acting like a victim... But if you're walking around the house, that you're the victim in this marriage, and it's so horrible, you, one, you haven't spit in the devil's eye and told him, get out of here. So you can't turn it on him. Jesus made an open show of the enemy. He embarrassed him. He drugged him through the streets. So you're not a victim. Um, Kevin Zaday told the story, and he said that he was in his, oh, when him and his wife wake up, that what happens is they both kneel down and start praying. And he said one morning he woke up, he was getting ready to kneel down, and he heard a little girl in the corner crying, just whimpering like, and he said he turned around, and it was devil. He was crying because he was awake, and he was getting ready to pray. 
And I would love to go into it, but there's no time. But the devil does the same thing when you and I pray. When he sees us get up in the morning, he goes, whoa, they're up and they're awake. He's afraid of us. And I'm going to tell you what happened to me. I heard his story and I, about this, and a few days later, I got on top of my bed, got my Bible out, and I started to read it. Well, Tracy, um, not Tracy, Aubrey is our granddaughter, and she lives with us. And I don't mind if she cries. If she's heard about something and she's crying, fine with me. Let's solve the problem. But if she's whining like, I, none of my kids would I let them whine. I just tell them, knock it off. I mean, it's just like, am I torturing you, Mom? So I'm, I'm reading my Bible, and all of a sudden I hear her as if she was standing right here, and I hear, and I turned around. I was going to tell her, Aubrey, don't do that in Grandma's room. You go over there. There was nobody there. Guess who was whimpering? It was the devil. And God wanted me to know that. He wanted me to see it. He wanted me to experience it. That every time I go and open up my Bible, he's whimpering. So that thrilled me. The devil is finished. And I say this all the time. You're the winner. You're in. You have your ticket to heaven. And he's out. He's out of the game. His time is limited. So what he does, he can't hurt us. He can't do anything without God's permission. So what he does, he harasses us. That's what he... Look what your husband's doing. Oh, look what your husband didn't do. Oh, look what your husband said. I mean, he takes every incident in a marriage or in a relationship and he turns it around. And next thing we know, we're like, yeah, he did say that to me. I told him to do this and he didn't do that. I have 50 years of, of marriage of all the different things my husband didn't do that he should have done or could have done. I mean, it, it could just be a ball of wax because that's, that's the enemy's job to kill and steal and destroy your marriage. So uh, you will wake up one day and you won't be the victim. You'll say the devil is. And I hope today's the last day that you're a victim. The glory comes in when you speak in the spirit. All of us should be speaking in tongues all day, all night. You don't have to out loud when you're at work, but under your breath. I told a girl in England that, and she texts me. Um, I was actually at the airport, and she said, Nancy, I did that. And she works with children, and she had them in the sitting down so she could read this story. She said normally they get up, they take off, they run around, they everything. She said the kids that are the worst fell asleep. And the kids that normally misbehave were listening to her story. 
And I told her, yep, it makes life a lot easier. So when you have the spirit of reality, it's the spirit of truth. The word truth is really reality in the Bible. Jesus literally said when the spirit of reality comes, he will lead you into all reality or all truth. You think you're being victimized, but you are turning the tables on your enemy by your life. The fact that you're here this morning, you just turn the tables on the devil. I mean, every one of us probably had a hundred reasons why we shouldn't be here this morning. Every day that you live and breathe, you're living your life for Christ. Every day that you get up and you breathe, that life is for Christ. The devil is a victim, and we have him on the run. You don't think so because you can't see him. God doesn't want you to see him. He wants you to, by faith, know your Bible and know he's on the run. It's all about perception, which perception is our observation and what we see, our understanding, which how things, we explain things, and revelation. So be careful on how you perceive things. Jesus was telling the truth through the Apostle Paul in Romans 1.4. He says, he has made an open show of him by triumphing at the cross. So the fact that Jesus went to the cross, that just killed it for the enemy. That's the truth. We're alive and we're back. Today you will feel the click and turning of the poison he put before you in your cup. Turn the table. <clears throat> so here's what he does. I hope everyone could see this, but if you can't, that's okay. This is what he does. He takes his poison and he gives it to you. Here, Get mad at your husband. Get mad at your family. Start yelling at the kids. Make a fuss about this. Make a fuss about that. So he gives you his poison, and we drink it. We start getting mad for nothing. You know, it's sad, but, you know, my mom had six kids. She was on her own. I was her only daughter. And I don't ever remember my mom not screaming. <laughs> I don't, I don't blame her. If I had to raise my brothers, I'd scream and yell too. <laughs> but you know what? Grab the right cup. I, I couldn't find one, this, but this says New Harvest, 20 years of faithful service. So this was one of the 20-year cups that I guess somebody had made. Um, but that's what we need to do is turn the table on the devil. Turn it. The word of God says, thus saith the Lord, what the devil intended to destroy you with has really pushed you into the glory. So in other words, this is what he intended for you, and this is God's cup. 
what he has for you, the glory of God. You have to be taught the word of God. You have to read it. Even if it's one scripture, I already did reading the Bible a whole year, and I was all proud of myself. And that was about the end of it, because I couldn't remember one scripture. <laughs> I just read it. I went, whew, finally did it. I did it as a babe in the Lord, and I did about seven years ago. And I told everybody, <laughs> read the whole Bible this year, but couldn't, I didn't tell them I couldn't remember one scripture. You're better off taking one scripture and using it over and over again against the enemy. You need to be built in the knowledge of God. Learn to know him. Learn to know heaven. Know the Father's ways and personality through Jesus Christ. That's how we know who the Father is. You are not a victim. Martin Luther looked through scripture and learned that we don't need a high priest, that Jesus is our high priest, and he totally revolutionized the whole world. You need to walk out your path with God. A fix is only a band-aid. You have to get it, and, and we could talk all day on this. A book was written on each one of you and what you're to accomplish. And the moment the seed hits the sperm, they say there's a flash of light. And that's when God puts in the DNA and makes you. The, the book about you was written first. And God didn't leave you alone. He sent angels to be around you to help you fulfill what God has given you. So our job is to walk out that pathway. If you're truly delivered, then you're free. Because the word of God says who the Son sets free is free indeed. It's permanent. But why do we not feel free? Because number one, we're not being uh, obedient to the Holy Spirit. And the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost lives inside each one of us. We have all the help that we need. You can't just live from one service to the next and go, oh, I need to get in them doors. I mean, this has been a horrible day. When you go to church, be built up and ready to minister. Built up and ready to minister. No matter what has happened to you that day, come to minister because there's people who are really hurting. And you have the truth. Even if you just put your arm around them, say, hey, how you doing today? I love to get a hug from Chris. She just kind of like, I feel like, ooh, I feel like God just hugged me when Chris does that. So um, come to feed, come to give, be ready at all times. Get here on time. So why? Why should I do that? The strongholds of the enemy are broken when you're aggressive. You be aggressive. Go in your home and be aggressive for God. Not aggressive over your husband. Be aggressive for God. You need to know Jesus' ways. 
Or do you know more about what's happening on Instagram? How about Twitter? How about TV? How about the internet? Or Facebook? Or do you, do you get finished talking with your best friend and go, ooh, you feel just chills and comfy and I just love her so much. She always just encourages me and builds me up. What about Jesus? What about reading his word? What about letting him make you feel good and him putting you on the right path? We need to know Jesus. Uh, Jesus knows every direction you're going in. If it's the wrong direction, he starts talking to you. You might not listen, but he starts going, "Mm -mm. no, girl, go the other way. Jesus knows your personality, and he puts you right in the right direction. God's always talked to me really hard. You know, everybody, I remember I had a girl, I witnessed to her at work, and she started coming to church, and she goes, oh, no, God is love, and all this and that, and I, I would laugh because I think, well, with me, he's, don't do that. And, and she would go, oh, no, he talks to me in love. And I start laughing. I said, okay, it's the same God. It's just I needed a spanking every day. <laughs> See, he's already fixed you and is seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus is done. He fixed you. All you have to do is let the Holy Spirit guide you. So you're fixed. God has fixed you and is waiting for his enemies to be his footstool. Our job is to build up the church. Our job is to build each other up and to build up our family. So our job is to build up the church, get God's provision for you, the vision that he has for you. Grab onto it. There is a transference of provision from the father to his children. There's a transference of provision from you to your children. You know, I was thinking today, I don't know why it came to me, but sometimes if women can't get to me, Sometimes they'll even ask my daughter's stuff, and then they'll say, I asked Lisa something, and it was like talking to you. And I start laughing because I don't see it, but they do. And it's the same thing with you. You're passing things on to your children. I remember my older brother and I, I got first, and then Sergio, and then Augie did. But, but it was like weeks and months apart, but we all got saved together. And Augie backslid for 15 years, and it was the biggest hurt of my life because from birth, him and I, we did everything together. And um, he'd go, but sis, I'm still witnessing. He goes, I witness and send guys to church and everything. And I went, but what about you? And I would laugh and say, I can't believe it. He's witnessing for God. And here he wasn't saved. And thank God he's now been saved, I think, 10 years now. So, And I was thrilled the day 
he rededicated his life. Take your medicine. Stop being a victim, a victim in your own home. And um, after being real spiritual, I want to give you some wisdom from John Wayne. I'm ending with this. John Wayne said, life is tough, and it's even tougher when you're stupid. <laughs> Let's not be stupid. God left us tools. He left us his word. He left us the Holy Spirit. Let's get busy. God bless you.